Hello, and welcome to Homework, a podcast by and for people who work from home. Episode 251 with special guest Amanda Kaiser, with your hosts, Dave Kahlo and me, Harry Marks. Hello, Dave. Hello, Harry. How has your week been? My week has been very good. I've been working away and um, working on systems and all that kind of things. For people who uh, not listen to the show or have listened to the show in a while, I've been working on uh, my daily routine, and I've been sort of fiddling with that this week. Um, we can talk about that a little bit later. Um, but before we begin, we should probably let everyone know that uh, if you want to chat with Harry, myself, or other like-minded homeworkers, you can do so on the Discord channel, Harry. Yes, indeed. And I, I will put a link in show notes like I do every week. So come on down and, and chat with us and talk about the episode and talk about you know different tools and, and tips you've learned from working from home and all the fun stuff. Mm -hmm. We should also mention that this episode is sponsored by Remote Works and HelloFresh, and we'll be hearing more about both of them uh, later on in the episode. Harry... I'm excited as Entrepreneur Month continues. I think we should get right to it. But before we do, let's talk about Tools of the Week. What is your Tool of the Week? My Tool of the Week is Time Machine, which is Apple's built-in oh. backup solution. So, yeah. So, my computer, I'm working off a 2015 MacBook Air, which, if you talk to a lot of Mac nerds, isn't that old. Um, but it's showing its age for for what I've been using it for lately, which is a lot of podcasting, a lot of writing, mm -hmm. um, you know, 50 tabs open and Safari. So I've come to the the decision that I need to upgrade it. And luckily, or, you know, coincidentally, Apple just announced brand new um, MacBook Airs using their new M1 chip. So they've gotten rid of Intel. They're now running their own Apple Silicon, just like they do in the iPhone and the iPad. And so I ordered myself a new MacBook Air, which, against my better judgment, um, I, I probably should have waited because I've been burned before by Gen 1 hardware from Apple. But I'm desperate and I need a new laptop. And I'm hoping, from what I've seen, the new M1 chips, these new laptops, the MacBook Air specifically, is literally faster than just about every Mac, Intel Mac on the market, except for the mm -hmm. Mac Pro and the iMac Pro. Like, it's it's a beast. So I'm really looking forward to putting it through its paces and, and you know, upping my, my game on podcasting and everything. But so Time Machine has come in really handy because I need to back up this machine. I haven't decided if I'm going to do a restore from my Time Machine backup or if I'm going to go totally fresh and just sort of bring over files as I need them. But regardless, I needed to have everything on this system available for when I open up my new laptop and start, you know, building it up to the way I have my current laptop. So... You know, yeah. what's great about Time Machine is you set it up. I have a drive dedicated just to Time Machine and I plug it into my laptop. Time Machine kicks in and it just starts backing up my computer over and over and over. Mm -hmm. And what's great is it does versioning so I can go back in time like a Time Machine and I can pull out a version of a Word document or two days ago. I can go back into to get whatever that version was and pull whatever changes I needed out of it. Like it works. It's one of those Apple, it just works things. And I'm, mm -hmm. it, I don't have to fiddle with it. Um, if you don't have a Mac, um, there are other backup solutions out there. Um, I know there's um, there's some that work as plugins in your computer. So you it basically runs in the background and it backs it up to the cloud. Um, yeah. uh, Dave, do you know a couple off the top of your head? There's Backblaze, there's Carbon Cra Copy Cloner, there's, there's a bunch of them. Yeah, it was CrashPlan one of them? CrashPlan, mm -hmm. Yeah, CrashPlan is another one. I think I used CrashPlan uh, for a while on my Mac. So yeah, there's some that, that work across platforms. But yeah, it, whatever you do, have some sort of backup in place because you never know when things are going to go wrong. Oh my gosh. You can set it and forget it like Ron Popeil. Mm-hmm. The rotisserator. The reti my dad calls it the rotisserary. <laughs> and you make that mistake that's once, you, so we are never going to let it go. That's where you grow rotisserie chickens, not where you cook them. Well, I, I only like free-range rotisserie chicken <laughs> Friars, I don't even know what I'm saying. Let's talk about my tool of the week. Uh, everyone who listens to the show knows I love me some bullet journal, and my tool of the week is the bullet journal app. Um, I want to make it the tool of the week this month because it's just it's so timely. It, the, there are two main functions here. Uh, one, it pushes articles that are useful towards you, and right now it's the beginning of the month, so there are articles that are popping up are setting up your monthly log, migrating tasks from last month. Uh, that type of thing. And, but what I really like is collections. And I may have mentioned this before, but once you fill a burner journal, and I have, um, you might want to re-reference the information that lives in there if you want to use that particular journal, that particular book as cold storage, uh, which I like to do. So you can take a picture of the cover 
uh, with the app and note, you know, noteworthy or stuff, information that's in there that you might want to look at in the future and note it with that photo. And as you have two and three and four and more in your library, you can quickly open the app and find just the book that has the information you're looking for. So you're not flipping through the indexes of all the different books until you find it. Um, it's really super handy. Um, we recently switched um, our <clears throat> car insurance, if you want, must know. but um, And I very easily got knew that the blue book I started a year ago had all that information in it. And it was a cinch to go and find it and pull it back out. So uh, if you do love bullet journaling the way I love bullet journaling, put the bullet journal app on your device. I know there is versions for Android and iOS, and it is free. Excellent. And this is the official Ryder Carroll bullet journal app, correct? Yes. Cool. Very nice. So we should introduce our guest. Uh, Dave, do we you want to do the honors? Should. I would. So about two years ago, Amanda? Yeah, just about. I met Amanda. Amanda uh, works for an organization out here on Cape Cod called e for all Cape Cod. Of course, e for all is exists beyond Massachusetts, and I'm sure you could tell us about that. But uh, tell me if I'm wrong, Amanda. It is sort of an incubator or for people who are young entrepreneurs who just have their idea and want to get off the ground. Is that about right? Absolutely. So uh, would you like my official pitch? I, I, yeah, teach I, I teach entrepreneurs how to pitch their ideas. So here's my official pitch. Yes. Uh, my name is Amanda Kaiser. I am the program manager for E4All Cape Cod. I help ambitious Cape Codders by connecting them with the tools, resources, and individuals that they need to build a successful foundation for their businesses and help them turn their dreams into real businesses. Um, and so the meat and potatoes of what we do is a business accelerator program, which we run twice a year. And then we do pitch contests and idea workshops um, a few times a year as well. Um, so it's, it's really a fun gig. If you listen to episode 250, uh, you heard uh, Nicole Perillo was our guest, and she and I uh, went through the program here on the Cape at the same time. So we're both happy graduates, and um, I mentioned Amanda a few times in that episode, and I promised she would be here to talk with us, and now here she is. So, Amanda, thanks so much for coming out and joining us for Entrepreneurs Month. Well, I'm excited to be here. Thank you for thinking of me and inviting me. <laughs> Absolutely. So we have a bunch of questions we want to ask you, and you can tell us about what you do and how you work from home and all that good stuff. But, Harry, I think we should probably uh, pause for our first ad break at this point. Indeed. So today's episode is brought to you by HelloFresh. What is HelloFresh? Get fresh pre-measured ingredients and mouthwatering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door with HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. HelloFresh lets you skip those trips to the grocery store and makes home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. It's easy and stress-free. HelloFresh offers convenient, no-contact delivery to your doorstep for easy home cooking with the family. The recipes are easy to follow with simple steps and pictures to guide you along the way. It cuts out all the stressful meal planning and grocery store trips so you can enjoy cooking and get dinner on the table in about 30 minutes. And you save about 40% when you use HelloFresh versus shopping at the grocery store. So it's delicious, it's nutritious, and there is a ton of variety. They deliver fresh, high-quality, pre-portioned ingredients so you can make meals that are delicious and nutritious. There's over So over 90% of the ingredients are sourced directly from growers to ensure peak flavor and ripeness. And HelloFresh offers more than 20 chef-crafted delicious options every week to help you break out of your recipe rut, to try new things, and to make any night feel special. There's something for everyone, including 20-minute meals, low-calorie meals, veggie meals, kid-approved recipes, and a lot more. Uh, HelloFresh helps you eat more sustainably. HelloFresh is the first global carbon-neutral meal kit company. By skipping the grocery store and using HelloFresh, you're reducing your food waste by at least 25%. HelloFresh delivers pre-portioned ingredients so you're not overbuying, which is a burden on the planet and your wallet, and I know that from experience. The packaging <laughs> HelloFresh uses to ship your food is almost entirely made from recyclable and or already recycled content, and since they offset their operations, travel and shipping and emissions, 
Uh, HelloFresh's carbon footprint is 25% lower than store-bought grocery-made meals. Uh, their streamlined supply chain means produce gets to you faster and fresher than the grocery store. And I can tell you from experience, it is awesome. Uh, I made two meals so far this week with HelloFresh. The recipes are incredibly easy to follow. Having all of the ingredients pre-portioned out just made the whole thing so much easier. And what's great is the the, ingre- the recipe cards they give you. They're like full-size 8.5 by 11 cards with images. Yeah. Um, you know, they've got full-color photos, little tips and tricks uh, on the side to help you, you know, freshen up your meal or, or you know, spice it up how you want. And the, the food is delicious. Like, it, we, we made um, ancho chili barbecue sloppy joes tonight with golden potatoes and um, pickles. And it was awesome. Um, and we had herby lemony chicken over... Uh, lemony pasta the other night with zucchini um, and I've got one more meal in the fridge that I'm excited to try which is a pork bowl with peppers and all sorts of vegetables and it looks delicious so I'm really excited to try it um, HelloFresh is flexible for your lifestyle easily change your delivery days or meal plan preferences skip a week whenever you want right on the app keep your fridge stocked by adding extra meals or additional proteins quick meals like breakfast on the go or their 10 minute lunches and even desserts to satisfy that sweet tooth and they're committed to giving back they are committed to donating to those in need and so far in 2020 they have donated 3.5 million meals you can help too with hellofresh's beyond the box program where you give nutritious meals to those experiencing food insecurity with just a couple clicks in the app go to hellofresh.com homework 90 and insert the code homework 90 that's homework h-o-m-e-w-o-r-k nine zero to get a total of 90 dollars off including free shipping. That's HelloFresh.com slash Homework90 and enter code Homework90 to get $90 off. Thank you, HelloFresh. Thank you, HelloFresh. All right. So, Amanda, tell us about E4All. So you told us a little bit. It's a business accelerator. You know, what kind of work do you do with the companies that come in? So it's it's a little bit like a business boot camp, right, or, and, or a business 101. So the idea is that hopefully somebody can come in the door with either the idea for a business that they want to, you know, test out and see if it's got legs, or maybe they're early on in the business, you know, it's, it's $50,000 or less, and, you know, they're, they're trying to work out some of the foundational things that they need or they're trying to pivot in the current economic environment. We're getting some of that. Mm-hmm. And we take people's businesses. One of our alumni described it as E4All takes your business and uh, you know breaks it down brick by brick and then rebuilds your entire foundation. And so we ask people to come in and we do everything from who's your target audience and how do you shape your messages for the, that audience? How do you determine what your customers need and want and then we do sort of the things that keep people up at night you know (laughs) project what your cash budget you know your cash flow is going to look like or your budgeting or your insurance you know those things that tend to be you know make your palms sweat um Mm. and and we'll do things around marketing and branding and sales 101 and um you know how do you do how do you craft an elevator pitch and how do you talk about your business to different audiences based on on what you're doing and it's it's really fun you know my job is the entrepreneur facing piece of it so i do everything that's related to the programs and the events and the entrepreneurs and for me one of the things that is just absolutely awesome is watching people as they go through this journey as they walk in the door the first time and I say okay give me tell me about your business and <laughs> you know it's it's it takes 10 minutes to fig- to for them to be able to articulate what it is because they've been holding it all in their head mm-hmm. but not necessarily talking to other people about it and so it's that seeing them move from that place of expressing it for the first time to by the time they get to the end of the three-month intensive period, they can do a 10-minute presentation, including their financials, including their quarter-by-quarter operational plan for what they're going to do in the next 12 months. And then, you know, they can they can stand up to a barrage of questions for 10 minutes from, um, from judges. And it's not just the information that I see that they glean, they glean but it's also just watching people on that personal journey mm-hmm. of them realizing the confidence and realizing that, yeah, you really are capable of doing these things. And it's, it's a really cool piece of my job is to see that personal journey with people. I think something you said that was really important there that stuck out for me was there are so many people, including the entrepreneurs and would be entrepreneurs that you see who are holding it in their head. 
who have mm. this idea that there's a thing I can do or there's an existing thing that I can improve. And it's one thing to walk around with this thing in your head and it can be very, very intimidating, but it's so powerful to just simply say it out loud to another human being and take that initial step and go from there. It's huge. And I mean, so each business accelerator that we, we run them twice a year, each of them will accept up to 15 entrepreneurs into mm -hmm. the program. And then each entrepreneur is also matched up with a team of three mentors who they meet with weekly during the three-month intensive period and then monthly for the nine months afterwards. And, you know, one of the things that we discount, I think, when we're, when we're trying to get these ventures up and running is it can feel really lonely to try to get these things out and put them out into the world. And you don't know, like, am I crazy to be trying this? Is this a dumb yeah. idea? Yeah. Am I going to put this out and everybody's going to laugh at me? And like that. Yeah. So taking away that to be in a place where it's safe to talk about your ideas, you've got some support from people and they'll either, you know, they'll many times affirm what you're doing and give you the support and, or they'll say to you, okay, that's great, but have you thought about it this way? Mm -hmm. And just have that support to be able to talk through your idea and get that reality check um, is huge in a lot of ways. And like you said, Dave, you know, that the power of actually saying out, out loud and writing it down and deciding what those concrete steps are, it, a lot of times people will come and they've had this idea rolling around in their head for years. Yeah. And, you know, they, they have learned more about it They've forgotten more about it than I'll ever learn, right? But yeah. still don't have the confidence because you haven't you haven't had that experience of actually putting it out into the world and soliciting some of that feedback. And I think that's some of the important work that you do is you create an environment where it's okay to say, I want to do X. Because I think a lot of the hesitation that entrepreneurs feel, and I certainly can speak to this personally, is something like you just said, this idea I have is so wacky and so goofy <laughs> and any business professional is going to say, are you crazy with this idea? But not only do you and the other professionals at E4L create an environment where it feels comfortable to talk about that, but I think being around other entrepreneurs who are in the same boat, even if you're with people who you're in this combination of people who have a business that's up and running with folks who just have this idea um, when you're with those other people, something sort of happens where this almost like fellowship forms mm. where you all lean on each other and you all encourage each other to tell their stories and whatever your wacky idea is. And if you come in next week and your business model is 100% different, that's cool. Yeah, it's huge. And I think, you know, when we're starting out in some of these ventures, I think we all have that that company or that person or that entrepreneur that we look up to, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody has some kind of role model in their head of someone either in the community or in the business world that we think like, oh my God, they're awesome. They know everything, like they've got it all figured out. And mm -hmm. I think there's the perception that, you know, if you take if you take enough classes or you talk to enough people, you're gonna have all of the answers. And the reality is, Anyone and everyone who is in business, 90% of them are flying by the seat of their pants, mm -hmm. right? Just some people fly a little bit more calmly than the rest of us, right? So you can't <laughs> see the blind panic. Right. And you don't I see think, the flailing. Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, going into a business venture, a lot of people feel like, well, I should know exactly what I'm doing 100% of the time. And that's not realistic. And so, you know, creating the environment where it's okay to ask questions or it's okay to say, yeah, you don't know how that's going to work. Go experiment with it. And that's totally fine. Um, you know, it's it's really scary to do that, especially when you're like, okay, well, this, you know, this is about making money to support my family or trying to create yeah. a lifestyle, right? That can be scary. But there's ways that you can hedge your bets and still experiment. And that's sort of what we're trying, what we try to, what we try to encourage. And, you know, the the community piece of it, again, I one of the things that I, I say about this job is that it regularly restores my faith in humanity, right? Because mm -hmm. I, I, we have 13 to 15 entrepreneurs who walk in and they are ambitious and excited and have great ideas and great energy and are very frequently invested in giving back 
to the community that they're working in, right? But then we also have subject matter experts who come in. Like I facilitate the classes, but I don't know anything, right? I have actual people who know things who come in and talk, <laughs> right? And they're all volunteer and they come in and they get excited to share what they know. And if I've got 15 mentors, that means if I have 15 entrepreneurs, that means we have 45 mentors twice yeah. a year, right? And they are all volunteer people and they are all there because they are excited about helping someone else about giving somebody else a leg up and really they are they are genuinely there just because they're happy to help someone and and I can't tell you how many times I've heard the like oh my god I wish I had been able to I wish I had had someone like this when mm -hmm. I was starting out and it's great that I can give this back to someone else and so it's really I have to work at it to have a bad day at my job um <laughs> Because it, it really is, there are so many people who are generous with their time and talent, and that is an amazing thing to witness day after day. So you you work with um, up to 15 entrepreneurs twice a year, and you, you in particular, are focused on a, a certain market, a certain part of the country um, where these entrepreneurs are focused. So what goes into selecting the companies that E4All in Cape Cod works with? What do you look for? Right. So, you know, we, we have um, we have a process that we go through when we do applications, whether it's for um, a pitch contest, an idea workshop or an accelerator. And I'm going to put in my shameless plug, which is applications are now now open for the spring 2021 accelerator. At <laughs> yeah. go, go fill your application in. Um, but what happens is uh, people submit their applications and then we send it out to a pool of volunteer readers. So we have about 100 volunteers from the community who are involved either in the E4ALL ecosystem or in the Cape Cod economy or it's somehow invested in what's going on in our community. And they read through those and, you know, they'll, they'll rank them on how well was or how completely was a question answered. Mm -hmm. um, and they also have an opportunity to give some feedback to those applicants. So, you know, a lot of times, again, they'll be like, hey, have you talked to this person? Have you thought about partnering with that organization? So once we get that feedback from the applicants, we then, uh, from the readers, we then invite those applicants. We'll usually invite about 25 to 30 applicants in for 15 slots. Mm -hmm. And we do interviews again with a panel of volunteers. And what we look for a lot is, does the idea seem viable? Does it seem like it could actually be a business that could generate money? Um, we look for, you know, some diversity in terms of, um, background in terms of industry, in terms of just, you know, trying to get some different people in the room. Cause sometimes the magic that happens is when you have people who have very different perspectives from yourself. Um, and then we look for, can we help them? You know, are they in a place in their business where they're early enough that we can help them? Mm -hmm. And does it seem like they want our help? Right. Do, does it seem like they want to sort of stretch their brains a little bit and maybe get outside of their comfort zone or, you know, are they willing to hear feedback that they might not necessarily agree with? Mm, um, yeah. And so is that, is there openness and flexibility and can we help them? Um, and then the programs, everything that we offer is free of charge to the entrepreneurs. We're funded by our grants and our private donations. And that's so that the entrepreneurs can walk in and if they have the drive and the ability and the idea, money isn't something that has to hold them back. That's great. From getting this training and this support. Meta, I can attest you're very good at getting entrepreneurs out of their comfort zones. <laughs> <laughs> I can be a little pushy on occasion, but I always do it with a smile. We need it sometimes. We need it. <laughs> so what, what kind of businesses have you worked with that make for the best investments? And what are some business types that should be avoided? Well, so, you know, I don't know that that's really, um, I don't know that that's really a criteria that we look at, right? If there's somebody who has the drive and the ambition and the willingness to learn and we can build a community around them, then, you know, we're going to kind of, we're going to roll with that. And so for some people, we, they may be looking at a job that's going to, you know, they may be looking at a business that's going to supplement their family's income and mm -hmm. there's nothing wrong with that. Um, that's a good thing. And so, you know, in terms of things that we stay away from, it's more of, you know, if you're in a position where we're not the right fit, you know, if you've gotten far enough along in your business where you've solved a lot of the problems that we talk about in the accelerator, then we're going to refer you to somewhere where it's a, where it's a better fit. 
Um, or if there's somebody who really doesn't seem like they want to, you know, if, it, if it's like, yeah, okay, I have this idea and I don't really want to hear what anybody else thinks of this idea, then that's probably not the best fit for our model. You know, there's lots of places where you can get some one-on-one -on -one mentoring and some great, some great resources on Cape Cod. Our model is really encouraging people to, to think outside of themselves and, and push mm -hmm. outside of their own ideas and, and really get some, some sometimes tough feedback hmm. from other people. Well, let's talk about that specifically because that sounds like a lot of fun. But before we do, I want to get to this episode's second sponsor. This episode is also brought to you by – oh, let me try that again. We're professionals, Amanda. I see this. 251 episodes. <laughs> this episode of Homework is sponsored by Remote Works, a podcast that tells extraordinary stories from teams that made the shift to working remotely. I recently got to have a preview of season two of Remote Works, which was really fun. And the episode I listened to was really, really compelling. Um, Kristen Horner, an Aston Martin Red Bull racing team principal and racers, including Alex Alban, uh, spoke with host Melanie Green about how they have adapted their work to life within the pandemic. Um, this type this adaptation helped them stay sharp and competitive while unable to race. So they simply can't get in their cars and race anymore. So there's a couple of things that they did. They went into simulators, which allow them to keep their skills sharp, even while they're not in their actual cars. And these sims are as close to being in a Formula One car as you can get. And they were talking about how even being off by a little bit could shave a tenth or a hundredth of a second off of their performance once they're back in the car. But was really interesting to me was how host Melanie Green gave examples of how remote work actually brings people together as opposed to further apart. For example, when she was talking to the racers, they were she's a reporter who covers uh, this 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 area, and she was noting how when the racer talks to the team or the audience or the press corps, basically after a race, it's very, very difficult because they have all these microphones in front of them. Everyone is shouting their one question at the same time. Whereas now they're one-to-one -one with the person that they talk to and they feel they're better able to express what they want to express. And the reporter is more able to answer, to ask the question they want to ask instead of just shouting it through the fray. And I thought that was really cool and certainly uh, something that we could apply to in our own day today. So this season, you'll hear more about um, the Red Bull racing team. You'll hear about how two women working in a tiny trapper's cabin in the Arctic are dodging polar bears while fighting climate change. You hear about digital nomads working from the beach in Barbados in Bali and beyond. But really, it's not just stories that make about remote work. Each episode is full of insight and advice you can apply to your work in your team. That's what I like in a show is the actionable takeaway that you can do and make your own work life better. And that's what you'll find here. Uh, distributed work brings challenges, but it also represents opportunity. That's what remote works is all about, helping you find new ways to work, collaborate, and discover new possibilities. Search for remote works anywhere you listen to podcasts. We will include a link in the show notes. My thanks to remote works for their support. Excellent. Uh, so Amanda, um, since uh, Dave brought it up in the the ad read, I'd I'd like to talk about um, COVID and and the pandemic and you know how things have affected uh, both Eforall's operations and you know how it's affected the businesses that are seeking help. Yeah, it's 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 been a non-factor. hasn't really hasn't changed anything in the business community, right? No, no, I'm am kidding. Um, so we we um, we went one. You actually sold me on that. I'm gonna say you you act like. <laughs> For a second, I believed like, oh, wow, okay, great. I mean, people are starting businesses in the middle of a pandemic. That's awesome. That fans, right? Um, so, you know, in terms of for us as a nonprofit organization, we went 100% virtual, which, you know, as a high-functioning introvert, I actually kind of enjoy. Mm -hmm. um, and so that that has has – it's been good in terms of, you know, we were able to – we're a small enough organization that we were able to adapt and pivot pretty quickly to going into a virtual environment. Um, it, it has some 
um, some pros, which is, you know, people who may not have been able to attend the in-person meetings. You know, for instance, I have somebody in the cohort right now who doesn't have a vehicle. He doesn't drive. He only uses his bicycle and he's some distance away. So he wouldn't have been able to do this in the past. So being in a virtual environment has nice. had that advantage. You know, one of the challenges Dave start, taught, talked a little bit about the team building that goes on with the cohort, right? And so having to figure out how do we still build those dynamics in a virtual environment and how do we still build that team and that sense of community when we're not all in the same room um, is a little bit challenging just in terms of figuring out, it, you know, it's still possible, but we have to switch around the way this, that we do some of that, that those pieces, but mm -hmm. it's worked out. Um, you know, I think when we're in this kind of an environment, the temptation is to say, okay, well, when things go back to normal, this is what I'm going to do with my business. Mm -hmm. When things go back to normal, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to do this or that. And, and I understand that the, the challenge with that is that we have no idea when that's going to happen. Right. Right. We have some speculation, we have some hopes, but we have no idea when things are actually going to get back to normal or if they are. And so, one of the things that has changed in the accelerator program is that we're really having to encourage people to build based on what's happening right now mm -hmm. and not waiting for the perfect scenario. Um, and, you know, if you can build a business in this environment, then when things do go back to normal, hopefully sometime in the future, it's going to be a heck of a lot easier for you to, you know, be able to pick up and, and move with normal operations. Yeah. Um, we also, our accelerator gener generally is geared towards idea or small businesses, but we're also encouraging folks who have businesses that really need to completely strip away, mm. strip down to the core of what their business is and figure out how to rebuild it in a COVID environment. Because in some ways that's almost like creating a whole new business. And so we're welcoming those people into the accelerator as well, because it really requires you to go back to some of those foundational aspects of what's really important about my business, what's really important about the product or experience that I'm delivering, and how do I do that? And like I said, that's a whole new business. Yeah, that's really interesting because you and I know, we know people who own restaurants. We know someone who's a physical therapist. I mean, her whole job involves putting her hands on people and she can't do that now. Or the business owner can't welcome people into the cafe to sit down and eat anymore. So you're right. It really is like you're building a whole new business adjacent to your original idea. Yeah. And we had, we, so we had one alum who, opened a restaurant and his opening weekend was the week before the shutdown in March. Ooh, yeah. It hurts. And, and it's like, okay, so, but the great thing about this community that we've built together collectively is mm -hmm. that, you know, he called us and we were able to say, okay, who, who can we get you in touch with that can help you think through some of the logistical pieces? And he's doing awesome. Like he's yeah. doing great um but you know that initial panic of i opened my my restaurant and the week after i have to close it yeah i know, have a lease terrifying. now yeah. yeah that's terrifying <laughs> but you know being able to to reach out to people and say okay how do i how do i adapt and how do i pivot and and he did an outstanding job of being able to to roll with really challenging circumstances and you know our our other alum opened her opened her business, opened her restaurant in the midst of the pandemic um, yeah. and, you know, had to make some changes to her, her physical layout and, and her menu and so forth, but still was able to pull it off. So yeah. it, it, as you said, you are building one business, you know, in the current environment, and then you've got sort of this shadow thing rolling in the back of your brain for that someday when things feel normal again, that you yeah. can roll it out the way you originally planned. But Again, dealing with the reality the way it is today and then, you know, knowing that if you can you can do it in this circumstance, you'll do it. You'll be great when times are better, too. And yeah. there's some opportunities that present themselves. I mean, mm -hmm. not to be, you know, in in this environment, there's some opportunities where business models, you know, 
with with chaos comes opportunity sometimes. And so for some people, they've got, a, you know, we have somebody in the current cohort who has looked at it and said, you know what, I can help nonprofits who are struggling to fundraise during COVID because mm -hmm. they're really important to our community. It's really important that they continue to survive and thrive. And I have some of the skills to help them do that. Mm -hmm. And so he's been able to, you know, he's building something around that. So there's, so there, it's, it's challenging for sure. And I don't make light of any of those challenges or, or any of the struggles that people have been through. Um, but you know, there's, there's silver linings too. And that's, those are the things that we create. Yeah. Nothing fosters creativity like constraint. <laughs> yes, I like that. What? What? So we, go ahead, Aaron. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, I was going to say, what advice? Before we go into the working from home part of it, I, I just want to stick with with the you know the the functions of e for all and and pitching and and all that. What advice would you give to someone now? You know, who says I have this idea for a business. You know, it could it could work during COVID times. You know, what would you tell them if they wanted to be a part of e for all and and help get their business off the ground? I mean, I think I think that I would tell them that the single best thing that you can do to get your business off the ground is to find three or four people who are not family and friends mm -hmm. um, and talk to them about your idea. And whether you do it through our program or you do it through any of the other business program support programs that are on the Cape, um, there's lots of opportunity. But, you know, your family and friends, when you tell them your idea, they they for the most part, want to support you, right? right. And so they're going to they're gonna cheer you on. And sometimes you need somebody who's going to kick you in the shins too, right? You need both of those things. Yeah. You need the person who's going to encourage you in the face of challenges and who's going to lift you up and be your support system. But you also need the person who's going to kick you in the shins and say, okay, yeah, but you need to get real about X, Y, or Z. And sometimes you need strangers to do that. Mm -hmm. You need people yeah. who are invested in, in ideas and invested in the community of Cape Cod and, and seeing things go well on Cape Cod, but who don't know you personally. And so maybe are a little less worried about hurting your feelings. Um, so talk about it. it. As hard as it is, find some, find some people and talk about it. Great. Do you, as part of of the program do you offer like either a private facebook group or a private slack channel somewhere for <laughs> for entrepreneurs to talk to each other and and you know get advice and and share experiences yes so we we refer to it as the uh the facebook uh chat group that will never die um <laughs> so for each cohort i create a facebook messenger group so that they can all talk amongst themselves once they graduate from the three-month intensive program, we have a private group that's for alumni and mentors where they can connect with each other and still maintain that sense of community cool. um, and still get some help when they need it. Um, you know, there's a lot of them, a lot of the entrepreneurs meet each other outside of classes. You know, we had one group that was doing coffee every other week. The mm -hmm. current group does a... Um, they do a, a morning buzz once a week where they all get together with their coffee in the morning and chit chat. <laughs> um, so that that community building, that connection piece is actually really important. And then we've also partnered with, um, we've created a, a strategic partnership with a place called the Mansman Foundation, which is running a program called Entrepreneurs Forever, E Forever. So it our happens. program, oh, did I go out for a second? No, you're good. You did. Okay. You did. Um, Okay, so we partnered with Mansman Foundation um, to create a program called E Forever. So E for All technically is a one-year program. I, I I can't really let go of my people after the one year, um, but it is technically a one-year program. And so after that one-year program, um, there's also the E Forever program, which is peer-to-peer -peer, um, uh, facilitated um, support groups. And so again, that taking that loneliness out of being an entrepreneur and having that community. Um, so after the three month intensive portion, we, we meet with the entrepreneurs once a quarter, we encourage them to meet with their mentors once a month, the, the cohort stays in touch. Um, and so it really does, it's really very cool to see the family that grows up around this and it, it literally becomes because it's really it's hard to sit in a room or a zoom or whatever for three months and pour your heart and soul out because right mm -hmm. this is 
people's businesses are their baby, right? And you're presenting your baby to the world and hoping nobody tells you it's ugly, right? And so- <laughs> it's, it's amazing how how much um, like trying to get published and trying to start a business are the same thing. You know, find people who will give you an honest, honest opinion about it. You have to talk about it to death and not get sick of it. And you need to be able to accept criticism and even rejection at some points. And like, it's just so funny how like lined up they are. It, right? There's some universal truths. Yeah. And and so you sit with if you sit in this intensive thing for three months and you mm -hmm. know, I like to torture my entrepreneurs. This is how I get my kicks. So I have them do their budget spreadsheets until their eyes cross and you know, that's that's my fun and they bond over, oh my God, what is she making me do this week? Um, Make us do our elevator pitch over and over and over. Over and over and over and over again. And for years <laughs> to come. Um but you do that for three months and you pour your heart and soul out and it's really, you have to actually work to not make friends with these people, yeah. right? Because everybody's in the same boat. Everybody has the same fears. Everybody has the same doubts. And so being there for each other, it's, you know, you're there to pick each other up and instill each other's confidence. And at the end of that three months, it really does become a very family-like atmosphere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Amanda, we've talked a lot about your work with the entrepreneurs, but let's talk a little bit about your relationship with work. Um, what does working from home look like for you in 2020? Um, it's a lot of trying to find a blank wall to put behind me. Um, <laughs> um, you know, I'm very, I, I count myself very fortunate in that I love what I do. And so for me, I stopped trying to do that work-life balance thing and still, and instead went for integration, right? Mm -hmm. Where I love what I do. I make friends with my entrepreneurs. I, you know, I find joy in what I do. And so it's part of my life. It's not, it's not necessarily a hugely separate thing for me, mm -hmm. um, which has some great advantages. And, and I'm fortunate to be able to say that it has some disadvantages in that like, okay, today am I cleaning the house or am I writing Facebook posts? <laughs> like it all starts to blend together. Um, and so I did find that I needed to do some, um, just some blocking of time to yeah. say, okay, you know, this morning is going to be personal stuff. This afternoon is going to be work and I have some flexibility in my schedule. And so that's useful, but you know, sometimes I'll just put a block of hours on my calendar that says, Amanda's available for entrepreneurs. And it's like, okay, well, that means I have to be at my computer and I have to be working in that time period. Mm -hmm. And that instills some discipline. You know, at the beginning of this, I, you know, we've all gotten to the point where there's some stability, you know, we've almost gotten used to the chaos. And so, mm -hmm. but at the beginning of it, when this all started, it was super, super stressful. And I was taking on, again, I get very personally invested in my people. And so they're all struggling with this craziness that's going on. And so I started to take on a lot of the stress of my entrepreneurs mm -hmm. of like, I, I was awake at night worrying about them. Um, and so I had to incorporate some mindfulness stuff in just in terms of keeping my own sanity. Um, mm -hmm. And so that's been part of my working from home routine as well, because I find I'm just more effective personally and professionally if I take 15 minutes and do something in the morning to just sort of set my intention for the day and yeah, clear my perfect. brain and then go for it. Yeah. Is there ever any, because you're, you're, you've integrated your work with your life. And so, I mean, even, even with that, there is, there has to be a balance, you know, you can't devote your entire life to one or the other. Um, but you know, is there ever any guilt when you like sit down to watch a movie or something and you're, I could be writing Facebook posts now, or, you know, I'm writing Facebook posts when I should be cleaning the house. You know, how do you, how do you handle both sides of that coin? Yeah, I think that's the natural thing. I think everybody experiences that of the, the feeling of like my to-do list is longer than my arm and how am I going to ever get through it all? Um, and so I'm the type that I, I actually will start to get paralyzed, right? The longer my to-do list, the less likely I am to do anything on it. Right. And yeah. so mm -hmm. I've, I've learned over time that the way that I do that is I start in a 10-minute interval. And it like I do a race with myself. What can I accomplish in 10 minutes? What can I cross off of my to-do list? Or what piece can I, of my to-do list can I start in 10 minutes? So you do sprints. And if I, I do sprints, right? So if I do that little 10 minutes, 
okay, well, then that gets me enough momentum that maybe I can do an hour. And yeah. so that, that that is the place where I've had to start because sometimes it feels so overwhelming hmm. that if you look at the whole picture, it's you'll, I'll never get started. I freeze. And so that's that's sort of been my my instinctual fighting against that that freezing piece. I don't know if guilt is a is a thing. You know, I've I've been in a variety of industries over time. I've done the the rising through the ranks and then the burning out and then the like I need to get back to some level of balance and um, I think I'm also very fortunate in that my employer is strongly encourages that. I've never worked someplace where you get an email at the beginning of the year from the CEO that's like, hey, don't forget, you have vacation time and you need to take it this year. I'm taking it. You should take it. Right. I've never gotten an email like that, right? So <laughs> they encourage that work-life balance because I think, you know, we're in the kind of a, a organization where we're passionate about about what we do. And I, I don't think that's unique to me or to, to E for All Cape Cod. I think that is culturally something about our organization. The people who are here are here because we want to do something and we want to help other people and that drives us. And so I think we're fortunate in that our leadership recognizes that and so really pushes us to take some time off, go outside, have some balance and don't burn out. Um, and, and I think, yeah, that's a huge, you know, it's a huge piece of leadership, which I think is off, very often overlooked in um, many organizations. So again, I, I feel pretty lucky. That's excellent. Oh, here comes the bark attack. <laughs> Harry, it is at approximately 47 minutes and 36 seconds. I'm leaving it in. This is real. <laughs> it is real. This is working from home, ladies and gentlemen. This is 2020. Dog. That's that's my thing in in Zoom is I have to warn people like if the doorbell rings you're gonna meet Sissy because you'll hear her barking <laughs> in the background. I, like it, the co- <laughs> yeah it, people are like oh there goes Sissy again hey Sissy. <laughs> well there there was that that video of the guy on uh, doing the interview over um uh, Zoom or whatever like, several months ago or he got it might have been several months ago could have been ten years ago um but his kid like just starts marching into the room behind him yeah, and was all over the place so like funny. it happens yeah. <laughs> And the kid realizes what's happening, freezes, and then like backwards. Walks well, well, that was the other one that I saw recently where, yeah, the, the kid's on his phone and he walks into the room and he stops and he looks at the camera and he realizes, oh, crap. And he backs yeah, out of the like room. when Homer recedes into the hedges. It's sort of like yeah. exactly what that kid does. It's so yep. funny. That was great. And I thought, yes, that's the hell we're all in. Yep. So I was going to ask you about how things get difficult, Amanda, but you kind of talked about that. Um, so I want to just jump to, do you have a favorite productivity tool? Yes. So my favorite productivity tool is an app called Fabulous. Um, mm. And I am loath to pay money for apps, but I did the free trial and then actually forked over my dollars because I liked mm. it that much. Um, and it is a great, uh, I, I mentioned that mindfulness is something that I've integrated into my day. And it's it is a great app that takes you through, you can either do 30 day challenges on specific topics. So you can do anything from, I want to meditate every day. I want to, um, I want to sharpen my brain or my memory. I want to become more observant. Um, Mm -hmm. I want to lose weight or exercise regularly, right? So you can do either 30 day challenges and you're in there with a bunch of people and the app gives you like the rah, rah cheerleading, Um, or you can do journeys, which are longer ones, which is my personal favorite, where it takes you step-by-step through building good habits and creating, um, positive foundations for action in your life. So like a great example was the first one that I did was like the first task that you had to do for the first three days was drink a glass of water. First thing when you woke up in the morning, Mm -hmm. you're like, okay, well, that's silly. But then the the act of doing that made me realize that usually the first thing that I do in the morning is pick up my cell phone, hmm. right? And so it forced me to replace that action and, and just, and it does it step by step. So you go from drinking water to eventually you're at the place where you're exercising every day. But if you start me out and say, you know, your, your goal is you're going to exercise every day, I'd be like, get out of here. Do I look like I exercise every day? I like, I'm happy with my life right now. Yeah, Um, this would be me. Nope, delete. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, So it's a great productivity tool. It's a great mindfulness tool. I just, I, like I said, 
I'm loath to pay money, and I actually forked over some dollars for it. So are you working with a – We will put a link in the show notes. Are you working with a person on the other end of this? Like are they – because I, I tried Noom for, for the free trial period, and when I realized there's actually a human being on the other side of that, I was like, no, I enjoy Taco Bell, and I hate judgment. So no, I'm not doing this. <laughs> No, the, so there are communities where you can interact with if you want to, but okay. you don't have to. Um, and basically what they've done is they've taken, and uh, this is the, the geek part of me, behavioral neuroscience, which mm-hmm. is like, that's my, that's what I do for fun is like, I, I, I love behavioral economics and behavioral neuroscience. So they, they take the scientific research of what drives human behavior and then they build um, habit forming behaviors and habit forming um, routines based on that that scientifically driven data. And if you're a geek like me, they'll actually explain it, right? So you can go in and you can read, okay, you can do the back, you can either just do like, hey, this is just what I want my my goal to be, or you can do, you can actually read some of the, the, the reasoning behind why you're doing these things. Um, so like I said, it's my new favorite app. Have you read um, the book Atomic Habits? I haven't, you know, I've seen that one. And I got to tell you, I picked it up more than once, but I haven't read it yet. Is it okay. good? I don't know. I keep hearing it recommended on different podcasts and different like productivity YouTube videos and stuff. Um, it's the book by James Clear uh, for yep. any listener who who didn't know about it. But apparently it's just about like breaking down your habits to l- an atomic level and, and really getting into the n- nitty gritty of how to build a habit from, you know, starting small and going big. And um, that, that's how I understand it. But I, I, I've been interested in reading it, but I, I'd be I'd love to hear from someone who's read it. And, you know, if it's worth mm-hmm. the time, because it's one of those books on stuff, uh, the app Blinkist. Um, which basically distills these kinds of pop self-help culture books um, down to Cliff's Notes. And so I always get skittish around that kind of stuff because if it can be, be boiled down that easily, is it really worth me spending my time doing? But this mm-hmm. one always comes up in conversations about um, building habits, um, building, um, even building skills, and just like, you know, if you want to do something every day and you want to get better at something, this is the book you need to read to do it. And so I was just curious if you had read it. A fun little podcast around some of the hidden aspects of neuroscience is um, called Hidden Brain with Shankar Vedantan. Oh, yeah. Um, and that is a really cool little, if, again, if you if you geek out on neuroscience like I do, it's a cool little podcast where, um, he's, it's actually on NPR, I think, but I only listen to the podcast, um, where he goes into sort of the hidden motivations behind everyday actions. Mm. Um and it, it's it's just interesting because he he breaks down some of that science, some of the scientific studies, but he does it in a way that is almost conversational, which is really hard to do about a, a subject that can be that dense. Um, and so it's it's again one of my favorite, just in terms of geeking out um, um, and and sort of getting at. And every so often you'll stumble across a little hidden gem where you're like, ooh, ouch, yeah, that sounds a lot like me. <laughs> Um, yeah. but mostly it's just interesting. <laughs> yeah. If, if, um, to, to go further on the geeky part, I read about, I want to say three or four books by Paul Ekman, um, who is like the human lie detector and he, yep. he helped train the Israeli military on how to detect, um, potential bombers in airports and that you don't look for the guy who's like nervously looking around or, um, you know, skittish or, or, or anything like that. You look for the guy who's like dangerously calm and just has yeah. a scowl on his face. And that's the one you have to watch out for, but stuff like <laughs> micro expressions and, you know, different ticks that when we lie, like maybe your right shoulder goes up a little bit and that they seem to be universal. Like I, I love that kind of stuff. I'll have to check hidden yeah. brain out. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome for that. And the other one that's interesting in terms of behavioral economics is um, the podcast Freakonomics. Um, and oh, yeah. so they do they do a lot of the like the unintended consequences of trying to economize or incentivize human behavior. Mm. Um, and that's like that very often is just blundering examples of the law of unintended consequences but interesting interesting and sometimes it's a little sometimes it's a little out there sometimes it's a little experimental or you know the data maybe um you know just initially started to be gathered but very interesting um thought experiments frequently excellent um amanda thank you so much for for coming on tonight this is great thanks guys for having me this was a great conversation i had fun yeah, this is excellent. I know, I, we could keep going and going. By the way, thank, thank, you for, thank you for letting me rant about like my favorite subject. <laughs> I I uh, 
I have a business that I want to start, but I have no like no way of doing it anytime soon. I'm just saying, Dave can give you the inside scoop on how the I'm whole process. He did. He, he he told me, you know, when he was starting the board game cafe, and you know, COVID has changed things, and and it's hard. I I want to open up my own bookstore, and I um, but you know, with with everything going on right now, I've seen bookstores really struggling to to stay afloat and so what i wanted to do was convert an old food truck into like a bookmobile and sell books out of the food truck and travel to different places and yeah um so maybe one day if this ever lightens up a little bit and we start having you know outdoor flea markets and that kind of thing you know traveling and okay i'm gonna be honest i'm gonna kind of be pissed with you if i don't see that application come across (laughs) my computer because i introduced him him to betty bus amanda i know and sally sudshed yes Yes, and and the bear the bear mobile is back. What's the bear mobile story? That is the bear mobile. The bear mobile. She uh, Cape Cod. She started out as Cape Cod Bear Factory. She's now Captain Cod's Bear Cove, mm-hmm. an animal emporium. But she started out in a bus traveling around, and she, it's basically this the the build a bear model. Um, but she would do um, parties and pop ups, and you come bring your kids, and she has this whole great experience that she's built around it right so that it's experiential and then she was driving down route 28 and a power line fell on her bus Mm. and totaled her bus oh no and um was actually a very scary experience for her and within two weeks she had pivoted and opened a store at the cape cod mall Mm -hmm. wow she reached out to her mentors she is an amazing human being just in terms of her drive and her ambition. She pivoted. She did the, the um, store at the mall for a couple of, for, I don't know, a little yes, less than a year. I think she had a short term lease with them. Yeah. And then now has, because of everything that's going on with COVID has pivoted again and is back to a mobile model with a slightly different, you know, she's, I think she's, in a trailer now instead of doing a bus because that was that just worked better on the on the the number side but has moved back to um a mobile a mobile business so she's she's somebody who's you know the the power of persistence and and the ability to adapt is amazing because it's hard you know when when you get those kinds of setbacks it's hard to keep going and not just be discouraged um it's super discouraging and she just did an awesome job of like acknowledging it and then moving on okay yep this sucks this is hard i'm down but i'm gonna keep going and i'm gonna and she tapped into the resources both her own support system and the e-for-all support system and just did an amazing job um yeah so like i said i'm sorry i can rant on this subject all night long (laughs) because i do really love these people and this job and that's great when we were kids and we would get very discouraged by something my dad would say okay you have one day to be down and miserable and tomorrow you're standing back up and we're going to kick this thing's butt (laughs) so nice he would let us sulk for one day and get out of our system but the next day we were back at it and by the way harry um i think um i enjoy taco bell and i abhor judgment pretty tempting uh, episode title that is that is a good one i'm i think i'll i think i'll pull <laughs> that, that one out for stuck this. out to me stuck yeah out for me um amanda where can people find you um the easiest way to get in touch with me is via email amanda at eforall.org e-f-o-r-a-l-l.org or if you're interested in the program the applications are up on the website right now eforall.org um and if you're maybe interested but a little, little nervous you can email me we'll set up a time for a call and i will walk people through it this is it's not a mystery um we're looking to set people up for success so if you want some tips and tricks on how to complete an application um or how the process works reach out to me i'm happy to help now yep. i want to fill and out I an application first hand experience everyone in eforall genuinely wants you to succeed it's true Absolutely. that's great yeah now i want to fill out an application <laughs> yes I'm, I'm I'm serious. I now that I know because I like your idea, and now that I I have your email address because it was in the email that you sent me earlier. So you're going to be stalked now. Excellent. You should just resign yourself to that. I, I'm good right, with just, that. Just accept it now. It'll be so much easier. <laughs> That's terrific. But but here's what I will tell you, right? And this is this is just take it for what it's worth. Even if you get through this and 
you do the application and it's decided, you know what, you're not ready for this right now or it doesn't work with your life or whatever. The simple act of entering the application means that you are going to get feedback from people, mm-hmm. right? You're going to get those notes from the people who read the application right. that's going to have some, some, some suggestions and some ideas. So at the very least, putting it down on paper and getting some feedback from people, that's the thing that we talked about at the very beginning, right? Yeah. At the very least, you're going to get that first step of figuring out what you want to do next. Right. So even if you get all the way through the process and you decide, hey, I'm not ready to do this do this right now, at least put the application in and, and start getting that bug in people's ears and, and getting some idea, some feedback from people. That's a good idea. All right, I'm going to do it. <laughs> ah, I converted another one. Woo! Excellent. You're too good at your job. Give this woman a raise. Fantastic. Dave, you, you want to give everyone the rundown before we go? I do. Amanda, thanks so much for joining us. It was a great conversation. I think we could have talked even longer, uh, but the bell tolls. If you want to read the show notes for this episode, you can go to 5x5.tv slash homework 251. Slash 251, yeah. Slash 251. Um, Big thanks to HelloFresh and RemoteWorks for sponsoring this episode. If you want to learn more about me and my wonderful stuff, you can do so over at the link tree. It's L-I-N-K. What is it, Harry? I get it wrong every week. L-I-N-K-T-R dot double E slash Dave Kalo for you and slash HC Marks for me. That's right. And hey, you know what? If you are all about the D&D and that RPG goodness, head on over to tabletophero.net to your library for adventures, monsters, and more. All things Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition. And Harry, you do have a book out, if I'm not mistaken. Yep, I have a book out. Uh, The link is in my link tree. Um, I sell it on Gumroad, Kobo, Nook, and Apple Books. Um, You can get it for Kindle on Gumroad. I don't sell it on Amazon because F them. Um, But it's it's in my link tree. Uh, You can get it. It's called The Prophet. It's a thriller um, about a cult in the Midwest and a young girl trying to escape. So... Very good. Uh, next week, Entrepreneur Month continues. Should we talk about our guest? Uh, I need to confirm our guest before we, we talk about it. Ooh, that's called a tease, ladies yes. and gentlemen. I want to anyway, make sure because uh, he's for- moving right now, so I want to make sure he's still he's still good to go. So. What's the he? There's a hint. Yeah. Um, <laughs> thanks so much for listening. Uh, thanks to Amanda, and thanks to all of you for hanging out. Uh, we'll talk to you very soon, and until then, go and get some work done. Bye. Bye.